0: What a lot of people do is they think they're cutting calories by skipping meals. I see this all the time. You know, people say, I don't eat that much. You know, I only have a salad for lunch. And and it's the reality is these people are skipping meals. They're eating meals that are um, not satiating. And then they're snacking all day. And that adds up. You have a handful of chips here. You have a handful of nuts here. You have a couple pieces of chocolate here. You have some ice cream here. You have some popcorn here, and that's 1,500 calories. Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez. And in this episode, we are gonna be discussing some strategies for reducing your energy intake. So some simple tips that you can do to cut out some of the calories that you're eating. And this episode is not meant to say that everyone needs to eat less calories. But the reality is that the average person is gaining weight over their lifetime. And this is often due to excessive energy consumption. And also, many people are trying to lose weight. 50% of the population is trying to lose weight at any given time. And these strategies are going to be helpful for anyone who's trying to lose weight implementing these strategies is going to be a way to help to reduce your energy intake to support the weight loss without having to directly count calories or or focus specifically on reducing the amount of energy that you're eating because these strategies will usually help you to reduce that without having to focus specifically on that. So before we get into the content of the show, I want to make an announcement. So I am rebooting and revamping my Fundamentals of Healthy Fat Loss course, changing the title of the course. I am adding a lot of additional resources and material to the course. I'm restructuring the course in a way that is more conducive to facilitating habit change during the learning process. And something that I've really thought about and I've spent a couple of weeks kind of really digging into how I want to present this. I've re-outlined the course. I've started to put together the new modules. It's a lot of the same information, but it's expanded upon. It's simplified. It's structured in a way that is going to be more valuable to anyone who joins in and is a student of the course and goes through the material. So that course is going to be increasing in price. So the current course is $250. I'm going to be selling the new course when I fully revamp it for $400. If you want to get access to this course when I release it, I'm offering a limited time, very limited time. There's only going to be a couple of days to take advantage of this offer after this podcast is published, but very limited time, opportunity to get that course for the $250 that I am offering the old course at. And still get access to the new course. So I'll post a link for that in the show notes. If you are interested, for anyone who's already purchased the course, you are going to get access to all of the updates that I do. So there's people that purchase the course at a much lower cost than what it's now going to be selling for. And those people get access to these future updates and they get a lot more value than what they paid. And that's really me thanking you for trusting me and purchasing the course when I. First, put it together about a year ago, and lots of people giving me feedback, and I'm really looking forward to really increasing the value that I'm able to provide through that. With that said, as well, I've sent this announcement through email, also kind of talked about it on my social media. So some of you have probably heard this already, but I'm going to be creating more courses as well throughout the rest of the year. I'm trying to uh, focus more of my energy towards teaching, towards putting the information that I'm constantly teaching to clients into better systems to be able to help more people, because there's certain things like the courses that I'm going to be making throughout the rest of the year. One is going to be on blood sugar and insulin resistance. One is going to be on blood pressure. One is going to be on blood cholesterol. These are things that uh, there are nutrition and lifestyle strategies that are extremely effective for addressing these health conditions. And uh, my goal is to really put the information that I would normally put into working with a client when I'm teaching them. Um, Give them everything you need to know, and make it a you know kind of out of the box experience when you purchase the course. You have everything you need to know in terms of testing, in terms of nutrition approaches, what works, what doesn't work, foods to potentially avoid, foods to eat more of, recipes, meal plans, all of that. So I will be working on that throughout the rest of the year. Uh, So that's the announcement there. I want to go ahead and get into the material that I want to cover on this episode. So. In this episode, we're going to discuss five tips for reducing your energy intake without having to think about it too much. So number one, the first tip is going to be stick to an eating schedule. So, so many of us don't have a regular eating schedule. This is one of the most important things that I run into when I'm working with people is they don't have any type of regular regular schedule around their eating. So they eat just kind of whenever and they eat whatever typically. And it's like, okay, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry and then when I'm hungry, I'm going to find what I'm going to eat. Sticking to a schedule and saying, OK, I'm going to eat three meals per day and one snack. And that's the schedule that I'm going to follow can be incredibly helpful for many people. Because what a lot of people do is they think they're cutting calories by skipping meals. I see this all the time. You know, people say, I don't eat that much. You know, I only have a salad for lunch. And, and it's the reality is the, these people are skipping meals or eating meals that are um not satiating and then they're snacking all day and that adds up you have a handful of chips here you have a handful of nuts here you have a couple pieces of chocolate here you have some ice cream here you have some popcorn here and that's 1500 calories i've seen this with clients multiple times where you know they'll kind of skip a meal and then they'll just snack and snack and snack and when they track it they realize like wow i had 800 calories and, you know, I, I didn't eat lunch. I didn't eat the 500 calories I needed for lunch. So that I ended up snacking on 800 calories and and then eating a massive dinner because I wasn't satiated through, from those 800 calories of snacking. So sticking to a regular schedule and eating actual meals, eating balanced meals three times a day or two times a day or four times a day or whatever number of times per day that, that, that fits within your needs. And for most people, what I recommend is kind of, and, and this is a little bit more involved and tedious, and this is something I go over in the in, in our fellows course, is I recommend tracking for a period of time and understanding your needs. Like, let's say, for example, you need 1,800 calories. Well, that can look like three meals and a snack that's 300 calories. So three meals at 500 calories and a snack at 300 calories. If you track for a couple of weeks and you learn what that looks like, then you can stick to a pretty consistent meal schedule and, and then pretty consistent meal sizes and doing that makes it really easy to just kind of stick with eating what you need because and i highly recommend going back to my energy balance episode if you haven't listened to that already i'll link that in the show notes but the amount of energy that we consume on a day-to-day basis is important we want to be eating the right amount we don't want to eat too little and too or too much so understanding how to do that can be really helpful sticking to a schedule once you learn how to do that is really really helpful Like, I would not be able to maintain the body composition that I do without tracking if I wasn't pretty consistent with the schedule and sticking to similar meal plans, meal sizes, and that just keeps it really easy and it keeps you on track. So that's number one, sticking to some type of meal schedule or routine. Number two, and this goes along with this, if you do both of these together, for most people, this is going to be extremely effective. And this is sticking to what are called templated meals. These are going to be different based on your body size, based on your activity level. But a templated meal looks like, let's say, for example, go back to that 500 calorie example. So if you're eating according to a template in that 500 calorie example, that might look like a cup of carbohydrates, which would typically be about 200 calories, about six ounces of some type of lean protein, which will typically be about 250 calories. So you got 450 calories there. And then maybe some veggies, which is going to be another 40 ish calories. And then maybe a little bit of a fat source, maybe some oil, avocado, whatever the case may be, a little bit of oil when you cook your protein. And and that brings you up to that 500 calories. And you know what that looks like. And you follow that template and you just structure your meals according to that template. So you don't necessarily track or you don't necessarily meticulously weigh all of your food. You just kind of understand the template that meets your needs and you do your best to kind of stick to that general template when you're making meals so that you know you're hitting your energy needs. Every template is going to look different and it helps to know a little bit about carbohydrate, calorie amounts per cup and and all of that. So I'm going to post a guide for all of this information, going into a little bit more detail about template scheduling. And all of that into that you can download. You can find that at dradrianchavez.com forward slash five tips. And this is going to show you what those templates actually look like. So if you want more information about that, you can download that guide. It's going to show you some visuals about what those templates can look like, and then it's going to go into a little bit more information about all of this. So number three. So number two was template of meals. Number one to a routine. Number three. Prioritizing low energy-dense foods. What does this mean? So energy density is the amount of calories that a food has per a given volume. So if you take a cup of broccoli, for example, that has 25 calories. You take a cup of olive oil that has over a 1,000. So olive oil is much more energy-dense than broccoli. So what a lot of people do in a strategy that can help you reduce your energy intake is prioritizing lower energy dense foods, foods that have very low calorie level for the amount of volume that they give you. And when you do that, you're able to eat larger meals that can oftentimes be a lot more filling that are the same calorie level or just, you know, like say, for example, you added, you had a meal and you added two cups of um, romaine lettuce and one cup of broccoli. You're adding a massive amount of volume to that meal and you're only adding 35 calories. So adding these energy dense foods to your meals and using them to replace other or adding these lower energy dense foods and using them to replace higher energy dense foods can be very helpful for managing your overall energy intake. So in that guide, I'll post some examples of what different energy densities of different foods look like. But generally speaking, energy de- the least energy-dense foods are going to be vegetables. So this is one of the reasons why vegetables are really important for our health. They can help with energy balance and, and weight management because they're high in fiber, they're high in volume, and they're very low in calories. As I mentioned, broccoli is about 25 calories per cup. Spinach is 7. Um, cauliflower is about 25. Tomatoes about 25. So we're looking at most veggies are going to be 10 to 25 calories per cup. When we look at rice, for example, or pasta, those are about 200, 10 times more calories for the same amount of volume. Now, those are going to be more filling because they're providing energy and they're providing the carbohydrates that we need um, for energy and they're providing the, the the fuel that we need for energy. But these higher Volume foods and lower energy dense foods can really help fill us up and they can really help modify our perception of how much we're eating. So, for example, if you let's say you were having spaghetti and if you had a plate of spaghetti, but you had that exact same plate of spaghetti, but half of the pasta and sauce and meat was replaced or like, let's say, a third of it was replaced with veggies and you you sauteed up like onions and bell peppers and squash and, and you put some spinach in there and mushrooms and you you put just a whole bunch of veggies into that meal if you looked at that meal it was the same exact plate let's say the first one was 800 calories you can you can have a meal that's the same size but it's 550 because you replace a lot of those calories with vegetables which have almost no calories so this can really work to your advantage if you're focusing on these types of foods so i do recommend prioritizing some of these low energy dance foods if your goal is to reduce your energy intake and you're struggling with that, really prioritizing these things can really help. Number four, practicing mindful eating. This is a more difficult one. This one takes time. This one's not as concrete, but really just being mindful about the choices that you make around your food can be incredibly valuable for most people. So sometimes tracking your calories through some calorie tracking app can help with this because it helps bring awareness to the things that you're putting into your mouth. But you can just exercise that awareness. Every time you go to eat something, every time you go to have a snack, you can just exercise the awareness of why am I eating this? Am I eating this for hunger? Am I eating this for comfort? Am I eating this for boredom? Am I eating this to fuel my body because I need the energy? Am I eating this because it's just delicious and I'm eating it for complete pre- pleasure? And and all of these answers are fine, but the awareness helps you to start to make better decisions that are better li- in line with your goals. Um, because if your goal is to lose body fat or your goal is to improve your body composition, you may need to eat for energy and you may need to eat for nutrition and less so for pleasure, the pleasure eating probably has to be reduced quite a bit if that's your goal. And so exercising that awareness, trying to be mindful of all of the eating occasions that you engage in every time you snack, every time you eat a meal, just exercise that awareness and say, why am I eating this? And also while you're eating the meal, just have some awareness about it. How does this taste? Is this enjoyable to you? How does this meal make you feel? Are you full? Is it satisfying? You know, just having awareness with yourself during the process of choosing your foods and eating your foods can really help. Just check in with yourself. Why am I eating this? Am I full? Check in with yourself after the meal. Did I overeat? How did that meal make me feel? Just checking in, exercising awareness around your food choices and how those food choices are impacting you can be extremely, extremely valuable. And one of the things that this tends to do for most people is it helps make just a little bit more intentional choices with your meals. But the most important thing, and this is the thing that most people struggle with, and I alluded to it a second ago, is it it brings awareness to the snacking. And for many people, this is where excess calories come in. They come in from snacking due to a variety of reasons and this awareness, this mindfulness, checking in, understanding why why you're making certain choices can be really helpful to, again, bring awareness to that habit and then and then make changes to it. Are you snacking because you're stressed? Are you snacking because you're bored? Are you snacking because you didn't sleep enough? And then you can identify, okay, I, I snack a lot when I don't sleep. I snack a lot when I don't sleep. That's why they came to my mind. So, Yes, I can try to exercise the highest level of, of self-control that I can during those times, or I can just try to sleep better, try to be more mindful about sleeping better, because sleeping is impacting my training as well. It's impacting my energy level. It's impacting my mood. So maybe I just focus on sleeping better. And being more aware, trying to be more mindful can help you identify those true like quote unquote root causes of why you're snacking. Because oftentimes the answer is not exercise more self-control. Uh, oftentimes the answer is eat more during your meals, get plenty of sleep, make sure you're eating enough, make sure you're eating enough protein, make sure your environment's set up in a way that it's not tempting you all the time with foods that you don't have good control over. There are other answers in most cases, and many people are just beating their heads against the wall, trying to exercise self-control, self-control, tell yourself no, and then getting mad at themselves when they can't. And the reason they can't is because these other factors—you're hungry, or you're lacking sleep, whatever the case may be. So, being mindful about your eating choices, being mindful about how those foods are making you feel, just practicing mindful eating overall can be really helpful here. The last one uh, that I want to talk about is time restricted eating. So, this is a another tool, another strategy. I have a whole podcast episode on this. You can check it out. I'll post that in the show notes as well. But I recommend giving that a listen to if you curious about intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating. But the reason this works for most people, it's it's because we overeat at night. So if you give yourself a cutoff, and it doesn't even have to be intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding, you just tell yourself, hey, I don't eat after eight. I just don't do it. And if you know that you're one of those people that you stay up late, you watch TV, you snack on things, and that's when you overeat, giving yourself like a cutoff and saying, I'm not going to eat after this time can be really helpful. And so this time-restricted feeding or time-restricted eating is just a, a tactic where we place restrictions on the time that we're, quote-unquote, allowed to eat. And when you do that, you will eat less. And my recommendation is not to do it like some of these people are, where they're, where they're taking it to the extreme and eating like you know one meal a day and fasting for 23 hours or whatever the case may be. Don't recommend that at all. And again, listen to my intermittent fasting episode if you want to get into this because it's going to be really helpful. But I do recommend if you're someone who wants to give it a shot, it can be helpful to say, okay, I'm just going to restrict my eating to a, let's say, 12-hour window or even 10-hour window. So let will say it's a 12-hour window. You eat at 8 a.m. your first meal and then your last meal, last bite of food has to cut off at 8 p.m. And so doing this, again, for most people, is going to cut off some of that excess food consumption on the edges, which typically is at night. So let's say you eat your breakfast at eight. You have to eat your dinner and finish that by eight. Then all the after dinner snacks are cut out. And for most people, that, that's 400 calories, 500 calories, 600 calories sometimes. And and that alone leads to to fat loss. So using this as a tool and saying, okay, I want to see how I feel by following these time-restricted eating protocols can be helpful. I don't recommend going anything under like 10, maybe eight at the very least, to where you're doing let's say, for example, you know, the 16, 8 protocol where people are doing like you you have eight hours eating window. I wouldn't go less than that and I wouldn't really do that long term. I mean if you feel good on it, fine, but too much fasting is is not a good thing. It's going to lead to muscle mass loss for most people. It's going to lead to like potentially slowing of uh, thyroid hormones and things like that, because you're putting your body in a state of low energy availability for long periods of time. And so that's fine uh, for short periods of time. That's fine for people who need to lose a lot of weight. You know, that's fine overall in, in some cases. But I, I don't recommend doing 16-8 type of fast for for really long periods of time. I talk about this a lot more on the intermittent fasting episode. I recommend checking that out. Let's go ahead and do a quick recap before we sign off. So five strategies to prevent overeating or reduce your energy intake. And number one is going to be sticking to a routine or schedule. Number two is going to be following a templated meal structure. Number three is going to be prioritizing low energy dense foods. Number four is going to be practicing mindful eating. And number five is going to be intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding. Now, my recommendation is not to use all these at once. They are definitely not meant to be used in that way. These are all tools. These are all strategies. These are all things that you can try to see if they work for you and implement in your own life. And then if they don't, they don't. Things don't work for everyone. Everyone has strategies that work best for them. Uh, These are just strategies that you can try out. So if you want more details about the information that we covered in this show, go to DrAdrianChavez.com forward slash five tips. I'm going to be posting a more in-depth resource going into more detail about fasting and about templated meals and all of this, because this is a lot of information to cover on the podcast, and the visuals are incredibly helpful here. Also, make sure you check out the show notes. If you're interested in this limited time discount on the upgraded version of the Fundamentals of Healthy Fat Loss course, those links will be in the show notes. Check that out. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. Hope you have a great week and we will talk soon.